Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to On The Line. We're going to welcome in Kaysen Echohawk. Yes, Akela Garrett is joining us. Simeon, thank you so much for joining us. We have Maya Cochran of Moon Area joining us. If you've never tuned in before, we are all about high school cross country and track and field. And- Robinson has the leverage though in five. Oh, but Rose, Rose is coming back on him. Here we get Robinson. It's a final push. It's going to be Cameron Rose with the win. Wanted to drag these guys in the deep waters, you know. I wanted to make it hurt the whole time. Make them question why they're in this event, you know what I mean? So, you know what they're bad intentions. I feel like my kick is probably what separates me and you all. Yeah, I feel pretty great. My the ultimate goal coming out here wasn't really trying to like a super fast time. It was really just to come out and kind of get the you know the gold and bring it home for you. I mean, I'm never gonna go into a high school race um, saying that I don't want to win. Like that's uh, like I'm never gonna say oh, I want I want to get top three. No, I want to win. Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head? Spikes are better than black. Uh, Colorado athletes are better than everyone else. Peanut butter goes before the jelly. Hope you enjoyed those TikToks. Those were three of our favorites from Garmin RX3 over the weekend. I mean, Mile Split has a TikTok account now. At Milesplit USA Official, please follow us. We want some followers. We want to show you some good XE content. We're going to have more of that heading into Champ Sports. But today, it's on the line time. It's Tuesday, December 6th, and here's what to, to expect on today's show. We're talking about this past week of action, Garmin running lane, Team Nationals, and we got Champ Sports coming up. So I'm Corey Mall here with my awesome co-hosts, Ashley Titians and Olivia Ekpenay, and we are just ready to go. We're back and ready to go. Olivia, Hi. you're coming back from Bermuda. How are you feeling after mm-hmm. those, uh, you know, those island vibes? Oh, the island vibes were fantastic. Bermuda is such a beautiful country. Had such a great time there for the Bermuda Cross Country Challenge. But I also was able to plug into what you guys were doing in Running Lane. So how are you guys feeling coming back from Huntsville? 
And Ashley, you had a chance to check out Corey's second home. So how was that for you? That's right. As we were traveling around Huntsville, I was like, Corey, you're the tour guy and you got to take us to all the places. But it was a great time. I think I, you know, that was my first time at Huntsville. And I think I told everyone that it's a lot cuter and more quainter than expected. So I really enjoyed myself. I don't know about you, Corey, but it was fun. Absolutely. Ashley ran every single morning. So she got acquainted with the city pretty well. I will say this year, I guess this fall in Huntsville, probably saw more of Huntsville than I've seen previously i mean we just checked out some different spots like all over the place and we ended up going to chattanooga on the off day so we took a little 90 minute drive to tennessee and pretty cool city too yeah. so we, we're really loving chattanooga um but overall loved rxc we're going to talk about it we're actually going to leave the show off with it it's the week that was we'll start first with the garmin running lane xc championships and they took place on saturday in huntsville alabama featured over 3,000 out athletes from across the U.S. in one of the deepest national fields this year. Albuquerque's Sandia's Stephen West became a surprise winner in the boys' field. He eventually won the title with a last-ditch kick there to win, while Peyton Gotze of Oaks Christian, California, took the crown on the girls' side. It was just epic racing overall. Let's start with the boys' race first, as you're seeing up on screen. Ashley, I'll turn to you first. Just talk me through the boys' race right now. Yeah, first off, looking at the boys' race, you know, first off, I, I think you and I can attest to this one. It was a mud fest out there at Running Lane, and the boys' race was the last, you know, the gold, the last race of the day, you know. But I feel like that really made the championship races become just full on, you know, full fledged, you know, cross country races, you know. And I think that's why you see here Stephen West of New Mexico, you know, an underdog. No one, had, you know, saw him as a favorite to win this race here. And he, you know, Stephen West, Sandia High School, runs 1509 and win here, a 194 speed rating. Who's a state champ in New Mexico, and he goes to running lane to get a shot at a fast national. I mean, he comes away as a champion. You know, I know, you know, me and Corey and others had a chance to speak with him afterwards, and he was just so elated. Like, such a nice guy. You know, you could even tell, like, maybe he didn't necessarily expect to win this race either, but, you know, everything just fell into place for him this day, you know, at running lane. And so, you know, Stephen West, individual champion on the boys' side, but then the upsets continued on the team side, too. Riverton, one of the best teams in Utah this year. They had a lot of good experience in early, you know, season months competing against, you know, other nationally ranked teams. They upset on the team side, get this title here in the boys' gold race. Um, you know, falling behind them was Oakdale of California, Center Grove of Indiana, and then the favorite New Orleans Jesuit finished fourth here at this race. So a lot of upsets, but that made for some, you know, entertainment. Yeah, tough break for Jesuit. I think we have to kind of um, first contextualize the course because yep. for those mm -hmm. onlickers, you know, coming in, looking at the results basically, and they say, you know, oh, this is supposed to be the fastest course in America, and you got no sub-15s here. Obviously, different day altogether, and the course was a big reason for that. The, the championship races were the last events of the day, so there was 10 races in all, and they got to the, to the course basically last, and it was basically – all mud from that point forward and it really changed a lot of race plans uh and race models for kids going in here you know i, I know in particular looking at the girls race we saw katie clute who was an early favorite we saw her early in the race kind of avoid the mud mm -hmm. because she just mm -hmm. probably wanted better footing i mean and we saw that a lot trying to run differently than maybe they first planned so the big thing here was with with the the course itself and i don't know for a fact how slow it ran in in context to whether 
if it was dry, if I had to estimate, I'd say about 30 seconds, maybe more. Yeah. I mean, when you look mm -hmm. at it, and I, I did have the numbers down here, and I tweeted this yesterday, um, 140, at, well, the field at running lane was 283 boys deep. Um, of the top 250 performances uh, over the weekend, 140 came from running lanes. So this was a really, really deep field. 46 of the fastest times over the weekend uh, in the top 100 were from running lane. Um, that was more than, than from, from Team Nats. And, and when we look at the field here, six, 74 guys went under 16 minutes. At Team Nationals, only 71 guys went under 16 minutes. And that that was a, an immaculate course that had no rain on it. So the mm -hmm. fields, you can't argue, were really, really deep here. And, I, I mean, to see Stephen West win was just an absolutely awesome, awesome display. I mean, this kid, this is what you come here for, right? State champion mm -hmm. in New Mexico, but hadn't really faced anyone outside of that state. You come here, you face Fought like a number of state champions. Five state champions end up in the top 10, and he's the ultimate guy winning here, beating guys like Brian DeCola uh, in, in the final strides there, Jake Liebert, uh, Ty Stewart's. Um, you know, it was a really JoJo Jordan of, of Utah, really good field here. And I think this is like, and I'll go to you, Olivia. What are your thoughts on Stephen West grabbing this big national title and kind of making a name for himself here? Yeah, I thought it was a quite impressive race, like you mentioned, and it just shows the talent that this guy has, you know, coming from New Mexico and having to face a very muddy course. I remember just watching the stream while I was in Bermuda and I was like, oh my gosh. And just like you mentioned, Corey, Katie Clute just kind of avoiding the mud, but here he just went out there and just did his thing and upset it was, but you know, it was quite an impressive run there, 1509 there. And just, you can see him from this amazing drone footage that we have of him just chasing this car coming down the home stretch. And it just, I think it just elevates him and has him in more conversations now moving forward for the rest of the season. For sure. And all right, so let's get to the team race. I'm curious, uh, Ashley, what your thoughts are here because all right, Riverton ends up winning. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Oakdale, California second, Center Grove was in it the whole way. They were third, Jesuit fourth. Can we talk a little bit through Jesuit because that they had some things happen that like ultimately altered what the placement was, right? Yes, yes. I mean, if you look at the results, I mean, their their top runner Jack DeRoche, he ends up, you know, wasn't it around the mile mark or so? He ends up, you know, dropping out of the race, and so obviously that played a big factor there. And so um, I think you know we talked with their coach Colin Duty afterwards, and he was kind of like Jack just seemed to be kind of in shock, you know, you know all the the moment basically essentially and um so that definitely had an impact but you know sometimes it's just again like i know we talked about this leading i feel like into running lane like especially when you get to the national stage anything can happen and i think we saw that here at running lane like some one team just may put together all the pieces on the right day in that yeah. moment and then they'll come out on top mm -hmm. and that's what riverton did and i mean even you know looking at two and three there as well um i mean i think Again, the, the days just went well for them. And, you know, shout out to people like, you know, Patrick Dowd had the race of his life probably for yes. Jesuit. He finished 14th overall. Yeah. I, I remember I saw him when he crossed the finish, and he was so happy. He came up to me and gave me a fist bump. He was like, yes. Yeah. And, you know, so <laughs> shout out to Patrick there at least. Yeah, Patrick was a guy fighting to be on the team at yep. the end of last year, and he ends up being the first wow. finisher at the national race. 
in his senior year. Uh, can't kind of get better than that as a storyline. And and Riverton, I think in Utah, has been overshadowed by Harriman and American Fork, but this is a huge win for them overall. I, I, awesome job. Center Grove, I think, too. Indiana, Oakdale, those teams both ran really, really well. Ty Garrett at, at Center Grove and, and Oakdale at the top 10 finisher, too. Um, and then one last shout out to uh, all the haters out there who like feel like there should only be one race and one race alone. I'm I'm sorry, it doesn't happen like that. We got a, a couple races here on the national stage here, and they all are very deserving, and they put really good showings on. So uh, we're gonna go next to the girls' race, which featured a really uh, great field, assembled field too. And as I said earlier, Peyton Godsey won the girls' race, and uh, on the girls' side. Uh, it was a tight battle between Mountain Vista and their neighbor. Um, you know, <laughs> talk me through this here, Ashley. Like, as far as ha- how this finished on the girl side. Yeah. So I know when we talked about the boys' race, we kind of said it was a race of upsets. Well, I feel like on the girl side, it was more of a race of you know the favorites here. You have Peyton Godsey of Oaks Christian. She's a California CF Division Four state champion, and she comes into this field and she, you know, over the final mile or so, she really just took control of this race. You know, like you mentioned. A lot of, you know, some of those leaders like Peyton Godsey, Katie Flute, Zario Machia, Ali Zeeland, they were all up there in that front pack leading through about two miles. But then over, you know, the last, you know, K or so, it was really Godsey who took control. She goes down to the finish and runs 17.28 to win this race here. And, you know, we had a chance to speak with Godsey before this race. And, you know, she seemed so, you know, just calm, cool, and collected. You know, she to her, she was just treating running lane you know, no different than any other race, no different than, you know, states or, you know, another invitational meet she had run before. And she said she just had to run with confidence and all the puzzle pieces would fall into place. And that's exactly what happened for her here today. And then, like you mentioned too, Mountain Vista, they were probably the team, you know, in this race that came in as the favorite to win. And they did, you know, they won only by six points over Cherry Creek in Colorado. Um, But if you look at, you know, the team scores throughout the race, Mountain Vista was first at every single mile split. Um, that we got from that race. So oh, overall, they kind of dominated that race on that front. And, you know, they they were just fourth at Team Southwest Regionals, and now they get to go home as the national champions. And like I mentioned, too, Cherry Creek was second to them from Colorado. So overall, you know, pretty exciting stuff on the girls' front. Watching it on live broadcast, it was like a point separated each of them. We're like, yep. well, who, who's winning? <laughs> who's winning? Cherry Creek, Mount Vista, Cherry Creek, Mount Vista, Cherry Creek. It went back and forth. Olivia, I know you're fans of both of these teams. Um Thoughts on, on this was a great performance from Sierra Cherry Creek. Mountain Vista gets the win here, obviously. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I must say I was cracking up in Bermuda because I was listening as you guys were kind of announcing team scores in one moment. One team was winning, then it would switch. And Corey's like, what is happening? <laughs> obviously What's going it changes, on? Like, right? Yeah. It was yeah. just changing so much. And it, it just, it really came down to the wire. But as you mentioned, Corey, I'm a huge fan of these teams. And Mountain Vista just put everything together, as Ashley said, just kind of leading the way here. But I was also very impressed with Cherry Creek. This was a team, and I think we all can agree here, that we were really questioning what they were going to bring to the table this year after graduating a great class, including Riley Stewart, who has made such a huge impact for that team. We just didn't know what they were going to bring to the table. And here they put the pieces together, finished second, just six points behind Mountain Vista. And then, as we mentioned, Mountain View coming in third there. And also, I I know Ashley and I are huge fans of the Arkansas teams here. So Brentonville wraps it up by finishing fifth there. But it was a great, great team race all the way around. I think it's worth mentioning too that you know cherry creek finished second without their season low stick and addison price so they were yeah. able to mm-hmm. you know still yeah. finish 
second place, the runner-ups without, you know, their front runners. So that, that also, too, shows they have some depth. Yeah, and we had eight girls under 18 minutes here. Obviously, as we said earlier, the course played slow. I think we would have gotten some sub-17s had it been a little bit nicer of a field um, or nicer of a day. Um, one thing on Peyton Godsey, um, her team did not qualify for team nationals. Peyton did qualify. She chose to go to running lane because she wanted to be with her team. That kind of speaks a little bit to her mentality going into this, and I think she ran a really, really great race. She ended up winning the race, so I think you take that home. You, you win a national uh, title here on your own with your team. I think that says a lot about her. But, um, you know, she wasn't the only stellar athlete, I think, here. Zeriel Machia mm-hmm. really ran uh, well from front to back. Uh, Juliet from. Ellie Zeeland, Julia Kisler, Caroline Hood. Sophia Rodriguez is just an eighth grader. She finished seventh. Uh, Reagan Riley was ninth from Alabama, top Alabama uh, runner. Katie Clute tenth. Um, I want to go to you, Olivia, because you've you've um, covered Zariel Machia. You, you saw her at, at Van Cortland during uh, Easterns. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about how you feel of this second place? Yeah, I'm really impressed how Zariel just kind of put the pieces together, and she's just been having one of those interesting seasons where she puts it all together at such big races. And so I I felt like she really challenged herself at running lane. I saw her up in the front there. Again, Peyton Godsey was the one that kind of was separating herself from the rest of the field, but I was really impressed with how Zariel ran. And again, it was such a tough – like. Running lane is such a very fast course, but to see the mud, it definitely left an impact of like true cross country running with the muds, the hill and the different terrain moving forward. And I think that really challenged a lot of athletes in this field, but overall very impressed with Zeriel and how she put everything together this weekend. Yeah. And she will be at champs uh, this, this week in San Diego. Ali Zeeland, Katie Kluke, Gretchen Forley, they were all top 15. They are all going to San Diego as well. So that was a good precursor to what they're going to see there. Um, as I said, Sophia Rodriguez, an eighth grader from Pennsylvania, finished seventh in 1755 on a crazy day. I think mm-hmm. she, she is she is a name to watch next year. Um, our Pennsylvania editor, John, who was with us, was really happy about Sophia. He had some thoughts. Um, <laughs> yep. and, and kudos to John. He did an awesome job. You know, being the the, the lead cam. cart camera operator. So he got that thing going. That's a tough job. A very right tough there. job. Mm-hmm. Very tough job. Um <laughs> Also, I wanted to give a shout-out to Claire Stegall of Tennessee. She was really up in the front of, of the pack for basically, I would say, 2.5, 2.6 maybe. Um, ultimately did not finish. Uh, I think she, she kind of had difficulty kind of coming to the line there, but earned a lot of, of cred in that first you know, 2.5. And I think once she puts it all together, that is a girl to watch uh, going down the line over the next couple of years. So uh, running lane there, the vibe was awesome as usual. I uh, want to thank all the race directors, uh, Sean and Will, for putting on that race, the Huntsville Sports Commission, and, and everything. We'll be back. Obviously, we love that race, and we think it's going to be um, great in the years to follow. So we're going to move to Team Nationals uh, in Portland, Oregon, um, undoubtedly the fastest races of the weekend, the, the national championship fields, uh, both individually and team championships. They had really great races. And uh, let's start first with the girls one. Irene Riggs dominated from Morgantown, uh, became the first girl since Caitlin Tuohy, three-peated in 17, 18, and 19 to win the title after a two-year hiatus of this race. And she dominated with a time of 16, 40. Wasn't even close. Uh, let's start there. Olivia, going to you. Irene Riggs wins team nationals. I am not surprised by Irene Riggs' performance this weekend. She has just been showcasing leading up to 
this national championship, she has shown us time and time and time again that she was a national contender. And again, just put it all together in Portland, continued her undefeated season. As Corey mentioned, she clocked a 1640, which equaled a 165 speed rating. This is not the first time she's earned a 160 speed rating, and she just... She just put it all together. I was quite impressed by her performance. And again, I w- speaking of being impressed, I was also impressed by the two girls that finished after her, Brooke Wilson of Valor Christian, who was second with the 1654, and Bethany Mahalik. Um, if you watch her coming across the finish line, she's just like in complete shock that she finished third. And she clocked a 1655 that day. And it was just so great to just see Irene Riggs, uh, Brooke Wilson, Bethany Mahalik, and Abinekiniki put everything together breaking 17 minutes on that course, which I thought was quite impressive. And it was just an overall exciting day. But honestly, I'm not surprised by Irene Riggs. I don't think any of us were. It was just a matter of how fast and honestly just putting it all together. So Ashley, what are your thoughts on um, Miss Riggs' performance here? Yeah, nothing surprising there. I mean, shoot, now she's, I mean, she ran 1640, which is only three seconds behind the GOAT, Caitlin Tuohy's, you know, uh, course <laughs> record there of 1637 back from 2018. So you know, especially when I saw her run 16.02 at, you know, the regional meet at Wake Med in North Carolina. I was like, all right, she's she's definitely going to win this title. Like, the, no question about it. And so wasn't surprised to see that there. I like that you mentioned, the, you know, the one-two Colorado punch there of Brooke Wilson and Bethany McCulloch. Second and third there. I thought that was really impressive. You know, again, I think I've said this on multiple shows. Colorado is a deep state. They were one of the deepest states this year. And I think we saw that, you know, the evidence of that at Team Nationals this year. Um, so, I mean, that's the individual side. And then I do want to mention, we haven't talked about the team race yet, but Saratoga Springs, they win the team title here. And again, I feel like that's another thing that wasn't surprising. You know, they're kind of adept to running in the cold temperatures and, you know, courses like the one out there in Portland. And so they take the team title out there. All right. Y'all didn't even mention the scoop that apparently uh, they got out in Portland. Uh, Kyle Brazel, Bobby Reyes, and Logan Stanley were all out there for mile split. And in the post-race interview, Irene revealed that she had her foot ran That's over true. in September about yes. and ends up just dominating uh, still, still end of the end of the year. I mean, you know, anytime you get your foot run over by a car, you got to be a trooper if you get back out there and you just dominate in cross yeah. country. Um, yeah, I will say looking at the performance, a few girls have ever run like that. Um, and the broadcast did a good job reveal. So when Caitlin Tui did run her 1637, it was a rainy day, so the conditions were even poorer. Caitlin Tui's best year came in 2018, and she was just un- unbeatable, unbeatable. So this is behind that, but it's better than I think Caitlin's other two performances um, came on a really windswept day, and it just you know it's 14 second win on a on a decent course. Um, and she ran super fast, so. All the credit to Irene on, on that performance there. Um, Olivia, you had a little bit of, you have a stat here uh, about the, you know, the top sub-17 performance years. And I thought that was a, a good little number there. Can you let us know, what what is it? Yeah, there's only been seven girls that have broken 17 minutes at Landovier. So in the fact that Irene, Brooke, Bethany, and Abby were part of that is something really spectacular. So that just shows the talent that just came from this race alone yeah four four uh, of the seven came this year um yeah i guess does that say something about the day on a perfect day maybe we could see this more often or does just 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 say that like portland typically isn't great and that's why we don't see it you know it's a combination (laughs) of all of that i don't know or maybe you also just 
American distance running is really good that's this year. True. You know, I feel like maybe it's just everything. Throw it all in the pot. That that's very yeah, true. Throw it all in there. Yeah, I I will say on the team front, um, not surprising that Saratoga won. Yep. Uh, they are built yep. for Portland, and they they ran really well. Their top five were just up in the top thirty the whole race. Like it's just, um, so they they were definitely built to win. But one team, uh, I think actually that you talked about, we were texting about was Cuthbertson. Yeah. Um, you know, in the first mile they were in second, and I, where they end up finishing, I don't even know if they're. Uh, shoot, I believe they finished ninth. I mean, it was definitely top ten. Eighth. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I talked girls. to um, our North Carolina editor Tommy Delaney about it, and you know, as we mentioned, they were I think around the miles, the first mile, and then a little bit after that, they were in second place, and. Unfortunately, I believe it was their number four girl, Lily Noss, ended up dropping out of this race. But, I mean, overall, shoot, they lost, you know, one of their top five, and they still placed top ten here in this race. And so I think that shows that potentially, I mean, you don't want to speculate, potentially if they had been healthy and, you know, everyone goes through their entire top five, maybe they place higher, you know, top yeah. three even maybe. So I think that shows how strong Cuthbertson is as a team. And mm. But still, kudos, you know, despite some of the challenges, they still finish top ten. Yeah, and I, I think the race kind of played out. Uh, like the ranking suggested, Saratoga was one, Buchanan was two, Niwa was three, Cuthbertson was four. If Cuthbertson all the way through finishes, I think it's some variation of that uh, to end. So um, four of the best teams proved themselves uh, on race day. Uh, some other notable things I got, kind of want to add here too. 24 performances from Saturday's girls race are in the top 100 all time at Glendivere. Um it says a little bit about the day. It says a little bit about distance running, obviously, as we just said. Uh, Sophia Kennedy, uh, this girl loves finishing top 10 in fields. Uh, yeah. Daughter of Olympian Bob Kennedy, as it was uh, mentioned there. Seventh in this race, 17-18. So she's a top 10 finisher at Team Nationals. She was top 10 at East Bay last year. She's a two-time top 10 finisher at East Bay Regionals. She's a four-time top five finisher at the Indiana State Championship. She just, you know, knows how to race. This girl's yeah. always in the field. And then the the other couple notes, Tatum David finished 17th as a freshman, 8th here as a senior. Really good bookend to her XC career. Hannah Thompson, top underclassman in, fi- in the field, 16th place, 1735. Addison Ritzenhain of, of that, um the daughter of Dathan, um, first freshman in the field, 1738. I, I will make a declarative statement, and I will say Addison I wouldn't be surprised if she makes the biggest jump next year into the top five, potentially even win. I think this girl might be in that that conversation next year. That's just my my hot take. Anybody agree with that? I like that hot take. I, I do. like that hot take as well. Yeah, maybe not as much of a hot take. Maybe more of a lukewarm take. <laughs> lukewarm, <laughs> lukewarm. lukewarm. Right. take. I like it. I like it. All right. All right. So the, the surprising, crazy race was the boys' race. Newberry Park's Aaron Salmon uh, scooped up a wild victory in the last seconds uh, with his win in 1440. American Forks Daniel Simmons was second in 1451. And Crater's Tyrone Gorsey was third in 1453. Leo Young faded to 11th in 1458 after leading at the final hill. Um I'll take it to you, uh, Ashley, on this. How did we see the last seconds playing out? Yeah, this was definitely, you know, I feel like a lot of people can say this was a surprising race, to say the least, on the boys' side. You know, when you look at this race, everyone went out just super hard. Like, I mean, they were going after it right from the get-go. I mean, you had Leo and Lex Young, you know, leading the way, a bunch of other nationally ranked talents, you know, 
right up with them. I mean, you had people like Hunter Jones, Devin Kipiego, Tyrone Gorsey, and others. But, you know, slowly but surely, the pack, you know, just kind of started to dwindle. You know, I feel like, you know, they went out at a really fast, honest pace. And, you know, the ones that could keep up kept going. And then everyone else kind of started to fall behind. But, you know, then obviously, like you said, at that final hill, that's kind of when the madness happened when, you know, Leo, who had been leading for basically the whole race, yeah. kind of, you know, started to fade a bit. And then all of a sudden you see Aaron Salmon just kind of, shoot up the hill there and sprint to the finish um you know salman he runs 14 44 and a half here to win and he you know i believe that was a course record too and you know i want to mention too so obviously aaron took the the big you know title here in that final surge at the end but he wasn't the only one to really you know sprint to the finish daniel simmons of american fork in second like he was i don't remember seeing him anywhere in that race until the final you know stretch there you know he surges he was the utah 6a state champ so Kudos to him there, you know, get second. And then Tyrone Gorsey was up at that front pack the whole time. He finishes third. And, you know, again, Newberry Park still wins this team title easily as well. So, surprising all around. Olivia, thoughts? What was quite eye-catching for me was seeing Aaron Salman climb up that last hill to grab the victory. Throughout the course of this year, and I think, Corey, you're going to talk about this too, like, this is the only race that Aaron has won in cross-country this season. Like, mm -hmm. he's had top 10 finish. He finished seventh at Woodbridge, third at Clovis. He was third at the state meet, and he wins team nationals this year. And I think that's where I feel like maybe the big surprise was, like, hey, like, this guy has, you know, he's been helping Newberry Park push, you know, pushing the team to team titles throughout the year. But he ran away with this victory. So, Corey, what are your thoughts on just how the last few races for Aaron have been to kind of lead up to this victory? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's like I don't think anyone was surprised by his name. We asked somebody at Running Lane, oh, this, this guy won. And the first reaction he said was like, oh, not surprised. Not surprised at all. I could have I seen him winning. And it's like, okay, I get that. But the actual, like, shock here is that he had never won in cross-country before. Um, and to put that together in your final race is, is just unreal. Uh, first win in 25 attempts across cross-country. I, I did want to remark. Now, it's not like this kid, not like Aaron, never won a race before. Uh, over last outdoor season, he came across the line first in a number of races from 800 to 1,600 in the mile. So he, he has won before. Uh, but nothing of this stature, nothing of this, of these stakes, and nothing of that finish. Like I, it was just unreal. I want to talk about race plans a little bit here. Um, that was the discussion between uh, Ashley, John, and I at, at Running Lane. We talked about how the race plan seemed to be for Aaron, seemed to be for Leo and Lex. If you look to last year, Newberry Park's race plan was always as a group. Every single race, they raced as a foursome up front. And when you look at all their finishes, they were within one second of one another at every single race. Like any single person at, in those races last year could have won, but it was sort of like a unity thing. And this year, it hasn't really been like that. Aaron's, you know, however you look at it, he's had maybe a couple up and down races. He's had great races. Um, but I, I don't think anyone believed he would have won this race. But his race plan from start to finish led him to that you know he goes out to the front in the very first 100 400 meters and leo lex you know start working together uh outside of him in the next 800 on um i'm curious how y'all think of that and 
you know, when it comes to national races, they ended up winning the team national title as a team. But it was like, you know, two guys working together, another guy working his on his own, and then you know, you had their teammates too. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think I think you put it right when you you know, if you if you look at Aaron Solomon's post race interview that we had with him, I think he said something along the lines of, you know, when because. As you mentioned, he kind of surged to the lead at first, Aaron did, and then, you know, after about 400 meters, it was, you know, Lex and Leo who kind of worked their way around and control and did their thing. And I think his remark to that was, yeah, I saw them going, and, you know, good for I thought, good for them, but I'm going to run my race. Which is an interesting, I guess, perspective to have when you're, you know, part of a team like Newbury Park that's trying to go after a team title. Yes, yeah. to an extent, it's like you need to run, you know, within yourself and, you know, push yourself but you know not do anything you know you're not capable of doing i guess but at the same time that's just you know it's an interesting point to make i guess to hear from you know the champion there and yeah. you know part of a legendary team like that um so i agree i agree i think it's the race strategy was interesting but i mean hey they still won in the end and it, yeah actually shout out to Braden seymour mm -hmm. he was actually the key here i think he was their fourth guy all year he finishes 26 overall he ran a pr so I think maybe the rest of the team did <laughs> had the, the team strategy going on here and ran really well. Olivia, any thoughts there? Yeah, I agree with you, Ashley. I thought it was a very interesting perspective of going into this race. And Corey, you kind of hit it on the head there. It was just like, we're used to seeing them running in a pack. Like I just remember watching them compete at running lane last year. They were in a pack. All of them were together in the front, pushing each other. And just to kind of hear that, from the post-race interview of like, yeah, I can, I see them out there, but I'm going to run my race. I, I don't know. It's just an interesting way of looking at it, especially here. When you go to team nationals, you, you shoot for those, obviously, yes, you want those victories too, but it's, you're, you're shooting for that team victory. And so I don't know, it, it was just an interesting take, uh, just hearing from him, you know, from that perspective too. But like you said, at the end of the day, Newberry park won. Aaron got the gold. And so, Hey, just yeah. golds all the way around. And and good golly, this was an incredible race. Mm -hmm. The top 11 mm -hmm. performers here were all faster than the winner at running lane, um, should be said. Salman, Daniel Simmons, Tyrant Gorzy, Cole Matheson, Jackson Heidis, Simeon Birnbaum, Noah Brecker, Weston Brown, Benny Anderson, Hunter Jones. Uh, Hunter Jones, who we had as a pre-race favorite, uh, and then Leo at, at 11th, which just incredible race. Um, any one of those guys could have won. And I have a couple notes here. Gorzy, Gorzy, got to yes. give some love to Gorzy. Uh, yes. I think had a really, really consistent race. Oh. Even as it toggled between the Youngs and Salmon, Gorzy was always there, always matching mm -hmm. yep. the moves, always really putting himself uh, on the line there. I think he didn't have Salmon's kick. If Maybe, maybe he would have won if he had that. I don't know, but I really liked the way he raced. Yeah, he raced smartly, I think. And, you know, he... yeah. Again, he's one guy I think you look at. And he he's been the most con one of the most consistent guys all season, and so and I think we saw that at Team National. Yeah, uh, Team Heartland kind of gets knocked a bunch. Uh, hasn't had a great track record. They had four guys in the top ten. That is unheard of. Yeah. Uh, really, really strong year for Heartland, uh, especially. Benny Anderson, uh, I mean, this guy, like, the last few weeks has just been on fire. So, shout out to them and Heartland. Uh, and then, one last shout out, Corning High School. Did not rate them very highly going into this race. I did not think they would be 
where they finished, the 11th place. So I definitely have to give that team props for the way they performed. That is a big finish coming from the New York number one. So congrats to them. All right, that, that was the week that was. Let's move to our next section, which is indoor. This is indoor track Yay! and field. <laughs> um, I know, Olivia, I know you're happy. I know you're happy. We got oh, I'm so yeah, excited. S- sprint at, sprints at heart. Um, which high school athletes have already been vibing on, on the indoor scene? Olivia. Well, I, I really, really like Ashley's pick, but there's another girl that's on this scene who completely has blown, I think, all of us away. I want to talk about Kayla Garrett taking it to North Carolina, the Texas signee, two weeks ago. She competed at the Coach Miami Presence at the Virginia Beach in Virginia, which we will be traveling to quite some time over this indoor season. She clocked a 25-10 in the 200. 5596 in the 400 and I think what really got us all talking was the 7.89 in the 55 meter hurdles. Her perform- this race was so insane because she was just off of her personal best of 788. And the reason why I think this is so so interesting is because she ran that 788 at the North Carolina Indoor Championships in February. You opened up with a 789 nearly your personal best to kick off the indoor season and it's only December. So I'm excited to see what Akela Garrett does in the, in the hurdles. It's going to be quite impressive. I feel like she's going to give us a show, but Ashley, you have a really great one that has just been vibing over this past weekend. Who is your athlete that you like to highlight? Yeah, man. I mean, these kids, they're not waiting long to like get started in indoor. It's only (laughs) December, but we've already seen some awesome performances and Sophia Gorioran of Moses Round school in Rhode Island. She runs the sixth fastest indoor mile performance of all time among American high schoolers at the Boston University season opener over the weekend. She runs 437.52 for an all time mark. She places fifth overall behind three collegians and a pro. Guys, that's, I mean, that's just crazy. It's only December, like I said. And, you know, she also contested the 300 there at this race. She ran the current US number two of 39.51. Um, you know, when you look at Sophia, she's she's going to go down, you know, as one of the best middle distance high schoolers of all time. I mean, she's already U.S. number two all time in the 600 and the 800 from earlier in her high school career indoors. Now she's moving up the indoor mile rankings. So impressive stuff there. I, I have a sense that Sophia might be trying to have quite a year in yeah. 2023. I'm just putting it out there. I feel like it's putting coming. it out. Sounds like a good guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, both great picks there. I'll, I'll move it over to the South, just two hours South of us at Huntsville. Uh, this weekend was the magic city invite in Birmingham where Hoover's Jay Avery uh, put down a pretty solid opener, 45, eight and a quarter in the triple jump uh, at, at the, uh, the meet, which is a, a solid start for him. That's us. Number one, he's, among the top jumpers in the country uh, combined in the long jump and triple jump and and actually also high jumps. So I, I reached out to him over Twitter recently and um, he said he is giving up football at the next level in virtue of by virtue of, of his interest in track. So I think he's going to concentrate on that going forward. So this could be a really big year for him in indoor and outdoor. And then uh, interestingly enough, Ellie Shea got a big race coming up on, on Saturday, but she was in Boston for 3k she ran 9 10 85 this weekend uh in the 3k and that's number 10 in history all-time high school indoor at the distance curious went really fast there how does that transition over to xc 
on Saturday. I, I am excited to see how that ends up. Okay. It's all champ sports time. We're going to go to a couple sections here. Our whole team is going to San Diego along with uh, Jeff Parenti's team in California. We also have Will Grundy and Nancy Pierce of, of Texas uh, also joining us. So we're going to have a big team in San Diego. Really looking forward to it. But for this, we're going to start with best region entering Saturday. Boys and girls, what's the best region? Olivia. So I have... I, I did the homework correctly, but I have it kind of in an interesting way here. So for the boys' side, I think the Midwest region looks the strongest. And I'm going to name the top 10 that we'll be seeing at Champs. There's Hunter Jones, Cole Matizen, Noah Brecker, Cameron Todd, Ben Anderson, Connor Ackley, Simeon Birnbaum, Connell Alford, Seth Norton, and Tommy Rice. Just looking at these gentlemen here, we're looking at state champions – and they've just been putting a great performance. Now, I know Ashley's going to dive into this a little bit more, but Cole Matizen, Simeon Birnbaum, No Brecker, Ben Anderson, Hunter Jones, and Connor Ackley, they all finished in the top 18 this past weekend at Team National. So I'm curious to see how they respond going into this weekend. And I know we'll dive into that a little bit more. But looking at the girls' side, I think the Northeast region looks the strongest. As Corey mentioned, you have Ellie Shea, who just ran this weekend. Carrie Beloga is also from this region. Zariel Machia, Ruth White, Leah Stevens, Meg Madison, Angelina Napoleon, Natalie McLean, Rose, Co Rose Coates, and Emma Zwatsky. Ellie, I feel like, is a national contender for this title. You have Carrie Beloga, who's been just dominant all season. Zariel, who we talked about earlier on the show, finished second at running lane this weekend with a new, and this is impressive, a new personal best for 5K with a 17.34 on a muddy course. So just imagine where her fitness level is at right now going into this weekend. Then you also had Leah Stevens, who's also had a standout season by grabbing victories at the Milestat in the Maryland Private School Championships. This is a loaded region, especially on the girls' side, and it's going to be carrying a lot of people that we're going to see taking the front pack in San Diego. But, Ashley, I want you to talk a little bit more about what can we kind of expect in, like, just what regions you also feel like are so dominant. Yeah, you know, definitely, at least on the boys' side, completely agree with you there. Midwest, like, hands down, like, they got the most national talent there. You know, as you mentioned, you have Hunter Jones, Cole Matiza, Noah Brecker, Simeon Birnbaum, Ben Anderson – all those guys finished top 10 at, you know, team nationals. Like, that's just crazy. I mean, you have, well, here for the ch the the champs regions, you have, you know, Heartland, the theoretical Heartland from Nike or team nationals is going to be in this. So you kind of, you had those four guys and, you know, team nationals. Now they're here in this region here for Midwest. So lots of big names. And, you know, some of them have been some of the most consistent racers too, you know, as well. Like it's one like Cole Matizen. I mean, he's, you know, consistently, I think he's, Basically, every race he's ran this season, it's been under 15 minutes for 5K. So I'll be interested to see how well they do at champs. And then on the girls' side, I also like the Midwest region here. You have Tatum David and Sophia Kennedy, who just had great performances at Team Nationals, other ranked athletes like Helen Sachs, Peyton Noe, Katie Clute, who we saw at running lane, Gretchen Farley, who was at running lane, Nikki Sutherland. And so I think when you look at it all around, you know, both genders combined, the Midwest is by far the most stacked region, in my opinion. Yeah, you you went with the double double. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to go with the double double, but <laughs> yeah. a different region. Oh darn. Um, I'm going. I like obviously. I I agree that the the, the Midwest and the boys front is is really good. Um, I'm going to predict that the South region on the boys side has as many guys as All Americans as the Midwest, though. And uh, we should clarify: top 15 
are all Americans at at Champ Sports, aka East Bay, aka Foot Locker. Um, and on on the boys' side, you know, we have all pegged Rocky Hansen as a contender. Um, I'm not moving off of that. I'm not going to pick him, but I'm not moving off of that. So I think Rocky Hansen definitely leads the charge there. Um, Kevin Sanchez, uh, Angel Sanchez, Maxwell Harden, a sleeper here that I think is really going to do well. Marcelo Parra. Um, I think all of those guys have an opportunity to race well. Texas traditionally has run pretty well on this course. Um, it's dry. Uh, it's kind of tough. Texans are tough. And I think just generally Southern athletes, Texas, Tennessee, North Carolina, have done well on this course. So I'm going to bring out for, for the boys south there. On the other side, I'm going to go with the girls south region. Or I guess, is it southeast or south? South. It, it's south. south. Okay, yeah. south. Um, Kira O'Shea, we think, is a is a contender to win. Uh, it's going to be tough there, but we think she's among them. Uh, Kona de Frankenberg really turned it on yeah. in the last weeks of the season here after a little bit of a like a down showing at, at Texas State. She's really turned it up. Allie Zeeland, top five at running lane. Nicole Humphreys, top 15 at Team Nationals. Um, I think the, the Team South girls, uh, again, are going to be a really strong um, contingent of girls and every year they, they do the kind of the team scoring from the region so they do kind of like give like hey this region has won you know this race so i'm gonna say girl south also wins the overall race there so good stuff things to look out for let's move to our next thought thought process here it's going to be uh sleepers headed into the uh Champ Sports, Nationals, Dark Horse Selections. Who do we think can finish as All-Americans in either the boys' and girls' races? Uh, Olivia, you have a couple, you know, you know, fly-by-night characters here. I, I like them. We'll start with you. Yeah, I, I like my picks too, Corey. To kick it off on the girls' side, we have a young talent from La Jolla, California, Chiara Daly. And she caught my eyes after her big win at the Mount Sac Invitational. Beforehand, she was second at the Woodbridge with a 1634 personal best for three miles. She was also ninth at Clovis. And then she really started to kick things into gear. She was second at the California State Championships behind Peyton Godsey, who we saw win running lane this weekend. And she set a new 5K personal best of 1727 at that meet. So Chira Daly qualified from the West region with her third place finish. And I think this girl, she might be my silent hawk on the girl side. I think she has the potential to finish. <laughs> Olivia, I'm you sorry, have I, nickname, I don't know what it is with You have hawk nicknames for like four different people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's just Simeon Birnbaum with the hawk, okay? okay but I think right. Chira Daly is another girl that I think could sneak into this All-American position at champs. I feel like she's just really accelerated toward the end of the season and looks really solid. Now, for the boys' side, I have Seth Norder from Grand Haven out in Michigan. He was ninth at the Midwest, in my opinion, one of the tougher regions, as we just talked about, for champs. He was second behind Ben Anderson at the state championships, and he clocked two sub-15-minute 5Ks this season. He set a new personal best of 14.45 earlier this year, and I really feel like he could put it all together, right? Like, we've talked about it. When it comes down to it, when it comes to the pressures of, like, nationals and all the things, like, the hype is going to be there. The atmosphere is sure going to be there. It's a really tough course out there at Balboa Park. 
Park, but I really think Seth can really do something and really help with putting Michigan there on the map at Champ Sports. So those are my top two picks that I feel like could be All-Americans this weekend. Ashley, I'm going to kick it off to you because you also have someone from Michigan as well. That's right. Actually, I have two Michigan people, one boy and one girl here. So staying on that Michigan train. This one first, maybe on the guy side, more of a conservative dark horse, I would say. You know, I feel pretty confident in him. Is Ben Anderson, you know, Grand Rapids, Ottawa Hills in Michigan. Um, I know we mentioned him earlier. He, you know, he finished fifth at the Midwest region here. He just finished ninth at Team Nationals this past weekend. He has just been on a tear, you know, this last month and a half of the season. He had his big national breakout at Team Midwest Regionals where he ran 14.29 for third there. That's pretty impressive. You know, he's had a season for the ages, and I think he's on a roll and will be a good contender there at Balboa Park for champs this weekend. Then on the girls' side, I have Jessica Jaswinski of Hart High School in Michigan. She's another, you know, more under-the-radar talent, I feel like, from that state who has had a good season, especially in, you know, the closing months of the season. She was fourth at Midwest Regionals in 1737. She has a 5K PR from the season of 1647. That's really fast there, and, you know, that was from the Michigan Meet of Champs, which wasn't too long ago. And, you know, she has, if you look at her miles, but she has raced a lot this season, but I think she still has an All-American performance left in her. And, and Michigan, like, historically has always, like, the athletes at this race mm-hmm. have always done well, despite, like, the long track yeah. record of, of races. Um, I, I like all of your picks, especially Seth, too. I think Seth is a, is a sleeper that um, will could put breakout here. All right, on my side, uh, Maxwell Harden of Auburn High School in Alabama. He's won seven times this year, uh, but of his three losses, two of them came by hundreds of a second, uh, both of which were under 15.08 and 15 minutes. So he he is on a tear this year. 14.46 at the Alabama State Championships in 7A. Um, Just an absolutely unbelievable season. And thing that most people don't know is Maxwell is also a swimmer. Uh, he cross trains in the pool, which I think knowing that kind of elevates him a little bit more because he doesn't have a lot of that. He doesn't have as much wear and tear on his body going into this race. Uh, and I think that definitely, definitely helps. Um, he's a really strong finisher. Uh, he, he knows how to win, obviously, from this season. So I think top 10 for sure, in my eyes, Maxwell Harden. And then I kind of wanted to do a twofer with the girls, Sophia Kennedy for sure. I'll add Gretchen Farley on top of that, but they're both from Park Tudor. Um, Sophia, we just mentioned, just knows how to race, knows how to be in you know the top placements, and I don't think that changes here, even though she raced last week on, on a tough course in Portland. Gretchen raced in Huntsville, finished 11th overall. I think both of the girls know how to race will be in the all-american placements so i see both of them going top 15 here all right um another storyline to watch there we're going to move up next to our uh pickup integration or our fan power poll uh who are our race favorites to win the boys race uh if you want to get involved here you can we have some really interesting boys who have the potential to win at the champ sports nationals um we're going to ask of you who do you think will win? Text 31302 to make your pick now. Enter. And then maybe you can win something down the line. Miles with a subscription, something else. We're going to go into our picks. Ashley, I'll start with you. Who are your top five here? Who do you think can win of those five? All right. Top five. Kind of have it in order here, but I think any of these guys, you know, on a given day could win here. 
First, I got Rocky Hanson. I think he's ready to roll here. I know we mentioned him earlier. I think he's ready. Cole Matisson. Again, I mentioned him too. He's been one of the most consistent guys this whole season, I feel like, nationally. Got to throw in Hunter Jones there at number three. You know, he just had a pretty good race at Team Nationals. He's been one of the fastest guys all season as well. And like you said, Michigan runs really well here at Champ Sports historically. So excited to see what he does. Now, number four, shout out to John from Pennsylvania Miles, but Drew Griffith of Butler High School. He didn't race Team Nationals or running lane, so he's really fresh going into this race, and I really like him going into this weekend. And number five, Olivia Silent Hawk, Simeon Birnbaum. I think he's ready. Awesome. All right, Olivia, your top five. Kind of interesting. I feel like we're on the same line here. Um, I have Hunter Jones. Uh, within my top five, he's clocked nine sub 15 minute five cases season. He ran a 1421 at the team Midwest Regional Championships, one Midwest Region Championships for champs. And then just this past weekend, he finished 10th. Got to have Rocky Hansen on here because I don't want Ashley, you know, getting upset <laughs> with me. But he does have a really strong season. He's been undefeated. No one has been able to take him down yet. And he clocked a 1420 personal best earlier. He won the North Carolina State Championships and also won the South Regional. Cole Matizen, Indiana State Champion. He was second at the Champs Midwest Regionals. I also agree with Ashley. Drew Griffith, I feel like, is going to definitely be in this top five. He ran a 14.49 for a new 5K personal best. He was second at the Pennsylvania State Championships. And I feel like ever since then, things started to turn um, in a different direction. And then he won the Northeast Regional. And obviously, I have to include my silent hawk here. He won the South Dakota State Championships and finished seventh at the Champs Midwest Regional. So those are kind of wrapping up my top five. But for Corey, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I, I got three in line with y'all. Hunter Jones is my pick to win. Uh, Rocky Hansen. I'm a little, un- I, I I don't know. I'm a little unsure where he's going to fit in. I, I know he's ready. I know he is capable. But again, I've, I've said this before, getting in a national championship, this is going to be his first one on the cross level. So it is sort of a... Uh, I don't know. It, it is a lesson. It is a tool. Like, you have to sort of know those experiences. I don't quite know what's, how he's going to respond to it. Cole Matisson, I do know, has raced this often. And um, he was just top 10 at, at Nationals, so I got him here. I'm going to veer off from Griffith, and I'm going to go with my favorite guy to talk about, Brian DeCola. DeCola! The, the music <laughs> king, uh, Brian DeCola, finished, um, I believe, was he? Fourth. He was fourth at fourth. Garmin, running yeah. lane, XC Championships, and I think... Huge hills here. I think Brian's going to be a hill guy. I'm I'm just making a, a leap of faith with Brian Nicola. And then uh, I, based on his last three races, I don't know how you can bet against Ben Anderson. Ben Anderson's yeah. been top ten in his last three races, and he's a lot better than anyone realized. So I'm going to go top five for Ben Anderson. All right, cool. The only thing left is really to discuss the, the the races themselves. How do we feel like this is going to play out? Uh, we will move first with the Boys Champ Sports National Race. I'll start first with Olivia. Take me through your thought process on how this will, will take place. Well, definitely, as I mentioned before, Ashley brings up some very valid points. And I'm just going to throw this out here, but I'm going to have Ashley dive into a little bit deeper. There are a handful of athletes that have run this past weekend, whether it's running lane, whether it's team nationals. We saw Natalie Cook do this last year. She won running lane and then took a flight over to San Diego. And at the time she won East Bay, but now champs. 
She won the title there. She mentioned it was difficult to go back to back like that, to have really tough national races go back to back like that. And we're about to see it happen again for a handful of these athletes that are going to be competing this weekend. And others are going to be challenged in other ways. Of course, Balboa Park has these monstrous hills. It's going to be intense. So I feel like this race in particular is going to be won by who can handle the hills the best, who can recover the best. And it's just going to be insane. I really feel that it's going to be a really tough race. As I mentioned, Hunter Jones, Rocky Hansen, Cole Matisse, and I feel like they're going to be running away and they're going to be separating themselves amongst the rest of the field. But I can definitely see Hunter Jones crossing this tape first. I can also see Rocky being a, I don't want to say a sleeper pick because he is one of the top athletes in the nation, but I can also see him coming across this line first as well. He is fresh. He's been undefeated. So I'm definitely taking that into consideration, but Hunter Jones, as I mentioned, has, he's told us he's in the hunt for a national title. That grit has definitely been present there. And I feel like he has, this is the last opportunity to do it. So if we're going to put all the pieces together, this is the weekend. And I feel like he can respond after such a great performance this past weekend. So those are my thoughts, but Ashley talk to us a little bit more about what are some of the factors that can play into this weekend and how you think that's going to shape up this boys race. Yeah. Again, Olivia, like you mentioned, it's really important to consider here, which guys, you know, are coming off of running lane or team nationals. Cause in their own, each of in their own rights, those were tough races. You have running lane. It was a really muddy course that can linger in your legs for a while in a tough course like that. And then, you know, the team nationals, I mean, that's just, such a fast field and you know that's you know tough course as well and so you got to think about that going in which guys are going to recover the best from that and so i think that's a point to consider you know also you know looking at some of the conflicts with that were happened with team regionals and champ sports regionals you know some opted to only you know take the team nationals route you know so the fields will not have every single key player in mind as well when looking at the best distance runners on a national scale like we're not going to have you know connor burns or devin kipiego those types of guys so the field is a little bit different than what we saw at both running lane and team nationals if i'm looking at this you know kind of you know just analytically some of the guys that are the freshest, you know, I want I want to throw this guy up there on the screen again. I know you're probably tired of me hearing me talk about him, but I, I am a believer. You know, North Carolina bias aside, I think he has just the talent, and I think he also has some of the strategy and smarts involved with cross-country racing as well, even though we haven't seen him, you know, on a national cross-country stage before. I think he's pretty prepared, and I think, you know, like you mentioned, Corey, people from the South, the South region, they race pretty well at Balboa Park, and I think I think he could do something special if all the puzzles fall into place. And, yeah. you know, I also think here, too, you know, if we're going along the lines of which guys will be pretty fresh, I do really like Drew Griffith. I think he could surprise some people, and I wouldn't be surprised if he came away with, you know, top two finish or even the win as well. Operative word here is if, if all the pieces well, fall, fall okay, into place. okay, but – confidence level pretty yeah, high yeah um yeah <laughs> looking at the finishers from last year only four returners from the actual field is, are going to be here Cole Matisson, kevin sanchez sam burgess uh hunter jones hunter jones was 33rd last year and mm-hmm. i think maybe may, maybe the guy we're sleeping on the most actually is Matisson. yeah Matisson probably should be up there as a guy who could win i mean he ran really well last year so Maybe he's a guy that we're we're sleeping on. I, I I think we've all focused on Hunter because of the year he's had, and you know that that net team nationals race aside, he still finished top fifteen 
I don't think that does any anything to his merits here. He comes in as a guy to, as a guy who should win. There is a little bit of pressure. There's a lot of stakes. He didn't run well last year. All of that enters into his head. Uh, has to be sort of in the back of his head. Um, I have said this before. We we've talked about it over and over again over the last several years. Balboa is a course that breaks your rhythm pretty easily. It's not easy to get into that zone. And when you talk to kids afterwards, that's one maybe one of the first things they say. It's like hard to build the rhythm because you're constantly sort of making turns or going up and down um, some small but rolling hills. And then and just the backbreakers, they, they, they hit you too. So if you can navigate all of that, then that's how you'll win this race. Um, but 36 new guys into the field is going to add a little chaos into the mix. Um, I am really interested to see how the big ones respond. Hunter, Rocky, Cole. Um, I think those are the guys that we should f- focus on. But um, in the end, I think it's it's really who has the f- like the freshest legs toward the end. You looked at Riley last year, really just rolled it down the hill and just kept his foot on the gas. And we've seen that time and time again in previous instances from from Reed Brown. Um, uh, Josh Methner, Dylan Jacobs—they they have this this great ability to finish and close in the in the final stages. There, none of those guys really were seen as as locks to win either. So Dylan, I know in particular, kind of stole that win in a big way. Uh, he's had a great college career, by the way, too. So um, yeah, it will be fun. Let's move it over to the girls. Girls analysis um, up in the air, I think, in a in a lot of ways. Uh, Ashley, I'll start with you first. Where do, where does your head start uh, with this race, and how do you place it? Yeah, Corey, I think I agree. It is kind of up in the air. You know, it's hard. It was when I was making my picks. It was really hard for me to pick a clear favorite. Really, when you look at the girls' side, um, you know, again, like I mentioned earlier with the boys, it's you know who's doubling off of this. You know, from team nationals or running lane, you got to consider that. We're also going to be without some key players who didn't compete. The you know to go to champ sports, like, you know, no Irene Riggs here, no Abby Nikonicki. Um, So when I look at this, to me, I think the favorite here has to be Sadie Englehart, personally. You know, she just coasted this last week into a West Regional win in just under 18 minutes, and so I think she's probably, you know, pretty relaxed and pretty fresh going into this race. I also like Kira O'Shea, who won the South Region, and, you know, she had she raced at this race last year, so she has some experience there. And, you know, again, I also want to count out someone like Sophia Kennedy or Isabel Conde de Frankenberg, who just had great performances at Team Nationals, as long as they're, you know, they're still feeling fresh enough to go out and do something special at Champ Sports, and I think, you know, I think they'll be two to watch as well. So, you know, it's hard to say, but, again, and I think it'll, it'll certainly, again, be a race. Whoever can manage the race strategy well can get into the best rhythm out of anyone and can attack the hills and recover from the hills the best. I think that's going to be who ends up winning on this day on the girl side. Good thoughts there. Good analysis. Olivia? Yes, I agree mostly with what Ashley commented here. I, I don't have a clear favorite. I I Just looking at this girls list, it's really tough because there's at least 10 of them that I'm like, okay, they could really grab this title here. I think the biggest question mark is Ellie Shea. Um, just because of how condensed her season has been, what can she bring to the table? And I just... You know, sometimes those thoughts of like how you performed last year kind of creep in and like she didn't finish this race last year, but I can see her using that fuel and being like, okay, I'm going to put my best foot forward. 
you also, like Ashley mentioned, Sadie, I feel like is the sharpest. She easily qualified at regionals and has been looking very strong all year. We also have to throw in Carrie Beloga and Carrie O'Shea, who also have had strong seasons. Sophia Kennedy is part of this mix as well. And so there's just so many names here. And I feel like it's like we've been talking about whoever can conquer these hills the best and recover. And like you mentioned, Corey, that you lose your rhythm. So if you're able to find a rhythm and be continuous with that throughout the course, I feel like that's going to be the key to grabbing this title. Uh, Corey, what are your thoughts about this as well? Yeah. I think uh, one of the things I have written down here is is creating the race. I think there will be a couple mm-hmm. girls who almost feel like like the, the incumbents, like they have to create the race. They are they are in the role um, looked at as as the favorites to create a race. So I think there's good and bad in that because people see you as a threat, but also they 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 believe that you need to start this thing and you need to set the tone. And um, I think for a race like this. Uh, isn't great because it's the tale of two halves. It is a hard course. It it does tend to come back to you. So, I mean, part of that is it was hot last year and it was a hard course and that got to Ellie. Um, Sadie's been here before. Uh, she's coming off a 1657 at Woodward. Um, and uh, Californians have won this race before. Claudia Lane uh, two times uh, before. Um, so I think the favorite... Sh- Probably should be Sadie, but I, I just I feel like there is a lot of pressure on her to perform, and um, I wonder how she's going to race. Like the, her plan, I don't know for certain if she's going to lead. If she kind of rolls into the top ten, if she runs with the pack, I think that's going to serve her really well. But if she does lead, I worry that it could come back. Uh, same for Ellie. If she pushes the pace, um, I worry about the second half of the race for her. I think Carrie's probably in my mind the strongest um just coming from new york um i have her right there as as a possibly a winner and and then so if you're not creating race you have the girls in the pack behind them like kira o'shea run it running off the hip or running in on a shoulder sophie kennedy jillian bushy i think that's where you could strike and and really um make a race uh, from this i mean Sydney Masarelli a couple years back was a surprise winner uh, to, to win, uh, largely because um, I, I think she kind of utilized that. And I think there could be a surprise winner here. Uh, if it's not Sadie, Ellie, or Carrie, I, I'm going with Kiera, and then maybe even Sophia. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she won this race and just ran uh, one of the best ones of, of her career. So I, I think it's really up in the air, and... Um, I, I tend I'm flip-flopping a little bit on this. I'm not quite sure where I want to go. <laughs> Although I know we are going into our picks next and I'm still kind of like, am I set on this? One? Uh, so, so I won't go first. I'll go last. Uh, Ashley, who are your picks? All right. Here are my top five. Number yeah. one, Sadie Englehart. Like you said, probably one of the favorites going in. Number two, Ellie Shea. I mean, we haven't seen her much on the cross country course, but I think she's maybe holding on to something special there. Number three, Carrie Beloga. She's been one of the most consistent girls all season. Four, Kiera O'Shea. Again, one of the most consistent girls all season, like Carrie. I feel like they're both similar racers in that, you know, to that effect. Number five, Sophia Kennedy. Like you said, someone I think that could sneak up there and, you know, grab a top five spot. She just ran really well at Team Nationals. So that's my top five. Good one. Good one. I like it. Olivia, what's your top five? Love it. 
Okay, I have some interesting names here because I have about eight, and the reason why I have eight is I'll talk about it in a second. So Ellie Shea I have Ooh, coming in. Eight. Just, just trust me on this. <laughs> just hang on. So number one, I got Ellie Shea coming in. I just feel like she's just been – I don't know. She's just been like that person. I'm really just curious about to see how she's going to perform. And I'm just going to put her at number one. Number two, I have Carrie Beloga. We've seen her all season. She was second to Ellie at regionals and she's looking healthy and very strong. Three, I have Sadie Englehart. Young Ton has experience and I feel like she'll be up with the leaders. I agree with Ashley having Kara O'Shea coming in fourth. She won the South regionals with the 1658. Now for number five, I do have Isabel Coney de Frankenberg. However, I'm taking also into consideration here. She was six at nationals, but then you have Sophia, Sophia Kennedy, who was seventh. Tatum David was eighth and Peyton Noe was 10th. Like, how do you, it's just back to back to back to back to back there. You know what I mean? So I have Isabel Coney de Frankenberg though at five, but I definitely have a very close, finishers there with Sophia Kennedy, Tatum David, and Peyton Noe. A six, so, seven. Those are my picks. You have now, a six, seven, and eight, too. Yeah. It's, it's a long I, list. That's what I have going on here. You have a 5A, a 5B, a 5C, and a 5D. Uh, yeah, and if, that's exactly what I maybe, did there. Maybe they all exactly. finish at the same time. It, I, you know what? Yeah, happen? It's cross-country. You never know. All right. Uh, my picks. I am not set on this. This is who I have. Carrie Beloga, I have winning this race. I have Zerio Machia as the runner-up. Ellie Zeeland in third, Kira O'Shea in fourth. We all had Kira O'Shea in fourth, and I just mm-hmm. flip flopped this. I have um, Sophia Kennedy in fifth. I yes. just moved somebody off. I put her in fifth. I, I, see that. I saw you. I saw you okay. put in Sophia Kennedy right after I put her at fifth. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it could happen. But uh, we will have a lot of thoughts uh, from San Diego. We get out there on Thursday. We'll be on the course on Friday. We'll we'll talk about this race beforehand. And after, and we'll talk to all the athletes while we're there. We're really looking forward to Champ Sports Nationals uh, in San Diego this weekend. Um, before we go, any last thoughts from y'all? I'm excited. I'm just yes, excited. Yes, cross country. Those are my thoughts. Close, <laughs> closing out the year. It's the end closing of cross country out. season. I'm a little sad. I'm a little yeah. sad. I love cross country. Great, great season. I, I do love cross country too. Yeah. Okay. We will be back for our last show of the year. I believe Monday or Tuesday. We're going to record it on Sunday in San Diego, but we might release it Monday or Tuesday. But we're going to have our last show coming up next week. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoyed the season of On the Line. Uh, we lo- really love talking XC and track and field. Um, talk to you soon. See ya.